So I just went to Mexico. That's kind of why I'm sharing. Uh, and so, and I learned a lot of things in Mexico. Like, it was insane. Like, I have learned so much in such a short amount of time. Just even about geography. Like, apparently, like, I thought Mexico was in Central America because that's what they told me growing up in school. It's not. It's part of North America. When I first entered the country, um, they, you have to get a visa, and you write what your nationality is, and I wrote American, and then I go in there. So we go with my, my friend that lives there. So I went there because my friend lives there and works there. Um, she's part of YWAM. She's on staff, and she builds houses. That's her main thing. And so we, like, go in. So she knows this guy with the visas because he's always... Like, he always sees her because she goes in and out all the time. And he looks at her, and he's, like, talking to her in Spanish. And he's just like, ah, what? Like, and I'm like, what happened? And she was like, you wrote American on your nationality. And I was like, I am American. What was I supposed to find? Like, is that bad? Like, should I wrote Canadian? Like, it's my American passport. And she was like, no, it's United States of America. Like, because they're also Americans. And I was like, they're not Americans. They're in Mexico. And she's like, oh, you have so much to learn. So, and I did. I learned so much. Um, the main thing that God spoke to me, and I'll we'll just start off with the scripture, is John 18.10. So if you guys have your phones, I have mine. You can pull it out. <laughs> I know. Let's see how I feel about Tati's a Bible, Keppa's a Bible, Keone, my future husband, has a Bible. Summer, of course, has a Bible. Um, what? Somebody asked me on the plane coming back. They were like, I'll tell you later. It's really funny. Um, on the plane coming back, they, I said I went to ministry school, and they were like, like, it was like a young guy, and he's just like, but, are you a nun? <laughs> and I was like, do I look like a nun? He's like, no, like what? And I was like, I'm not a nun. Because <laughs> he was like, he was like so big and tall next to me, and I was like, I'm not a nun blew his mind, because I'm not married to Jesus. But, so Matthew 18.10, Matthew 18.10, I probably said John, because we'll get there later. Yeah, John 10's good too, but switch back over to Matthew, first book in the New Testament, if you're wondering. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So Matthew 18.10, it says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven there Angels, blah, blah, blah. That's not even what I want to write. Okay, so uh, it's, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of that one that went astray? Can you all say, can you all say the one? The one. The one, the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So, it is not the will of my Father. Say, will of my Father. Who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And I'm just going to pray for myself right here because I need it. God, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you that you lay out your will for us, that not one of these should perish. God, I thank you that you care about the one. God, I thank you so much that you went after the one, that you went after us on the cross. Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight. And just pray in your name. Amen. So this, I read this verse, and I was like, wow, that's really good. And then I had some coffee. But I, like, was like, huh, like, this verse just stuck out to me, and I was like, I'm just going to think about that for a while. But it's because it was right before I, like, went, like, into Mexico, and I just knew, like, everyone was saying, like, 
are you worried you don't speak Spanish? Like, I do not speak Spanish. And like, are you worried you don't speak Spanish? You're not Mexican. Like, you're, why are you going there? Like, you're so not, basically, like, you're so not equipped to go to this country, which I'm not. I don't speak Spanish. I'm like, I'm, sp- like, I'm Spanish, like my heritage, but I don't speak Spanish. And, and so before I left, I learned, because I really like complimenting people. I'm really good. I have a spiritual gift of encouragement. So Bianca's uncle one day told me, he was like, oh, you need a, you need a phrase. And I was like, okay, what should I say? And he goes, me gustan tus zapatos. I was like, that sounds good. Yeah, it means I like your shoes. I used that so many times. Like, I said that so many times. I said that to, yeah, like, me gustan tus zapatos. And be like, ah, gracias. It's a nice white girl complimenting me in the bathroom. Like, I get it in a bathroom. We ended this homeless outreach. I complimented this, this homeless woman had, like, fly kicks. And so I was like, I like your Me gustan tus zapatos. She was like, oh, thank you. Gracias. Um, and, uh, and so, like, I used it so many times. It was perfect because I get there, and, like, I was, like, I'm totally, like, God called me to go to Mexico. I didn't really think about my qualifications or my English. And so when I get there, like, they all speak Spanish. Like, this is a huge YWAM base. I don't know if you guys, yeah, like, Timmy, you probably you don't know anything about YWAM. You've probably never even been there. But um, the, like, the YWAM base in Maui, like, it's, like, a little tiny, cute, um, like, you know, cabin and and so <laughs> our cabin like the bunk beds is super adorable um and it fits like 30 people this this base that my so it's my best friend she's amazing she's so cool and she's awesome and she lives in mexico and she's a missionary and their base is huge it fits 300 people they made it they They've been there for 20 years, but just nine years ago, they, they had all the money to, to finish this, this huge base. It's like a, it's just a, like a campus. Like, it's, like, like, it's not as nice as Kamehameha, but it's nicer than like UHMC. So it's, but it's like literally like a school campus because they have people that live there. Like they've got apartments. They've got their like dining hall because it has to fit 300 people because it's in Tijuana, Tijuana, TJ, whatever. And um, they... So it's massive, and there's so many people there. And so I was like, oh, they're going to speak English. No, they speak Spanish. And I thought it was a difference between America and Mexico. Like, if you're in America, like, we're going to make you speak English. <laughs> and, but in, like, they're like, we're white people that live in Mexico, and we speak English as normally, but we learn Spanish because we're in their country. I was like, that's, that's so much more considerate than any American would ever do, ever. But so they all speak Spanish. <laughs> I was like... Oh, okay. Like, my friend's a, she's, like, she, what she does is she's a translator and builds houses. And so I'm like, good thing you're a translator. But she's actually, like, terrible at translating for me. Like, she, like, never told me what was going on. So I just had to figure it out. It's real easy because I use, like, hand motions and, like, Casa's house, like, Esperanza's hope. Like, you pick stuff up. But um, I was like, ah, uh, okay. Because I really had this feeling of, okay, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus. And I can't. Like, it struck me so intensely of, I can't just go outside and tell this person that Jesus loves them. Not because I'm not worthy, not because I don't know that he loves them and he loves me and he's called me to tell them. I don't speak Spanish. I cannot say that sentence to them. And God gave me this insane revelation of, I live on an island. One, why is no one saved? They don't have anywhere to go. Two, 
they all speak English. Like, we all speak English. If you're cool, you probably speak something else, and a lot of people on Thailand do speak, like, Filipino and Hawaiian, whatever. But, like, everyone speaks English. There's no one that I can't just go up to and say, Jesus loves you. Whether they'll understand the depth of that sentence, I can't say that, but they will understand the words that I say. And it was, like, wow, like, Man, like, oh, and so that was the first night, and I was like, I want to go back to America right now because I just want to tell people that Jesus loves them. But I was like, hey, God, I'm here. So I just figured, I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to go out into the community and be able to, like, tell someone vocally, like, but we're doing a lot of, like, physical outreach things that I'll be able to help them in their life that way, which is great, to show them Jesus loves them. But I really want to tell someone. And so I felt like he put that on my heart, like, there's somebody here, like, on this base who does speak English, who you are here to tell. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Great, like, that's awesome. I have a spiritual gift of encouragement. This is, like, up, right up my alley. So the first time I was there, I mean, this girl, she's, like, super cool. I'm, I, I was looking around. I'm in Hawaii. I'm normally, like, probably the only blonde-haired, blue-eyed white girl in the room. Like, that's pretty average. And so I'm, like, looking around. I'm, like, still the only really blonde girl in this room. Cool, cool. And then this girl walks in, and I was like, hey, she probably speaks English. Because she looked just like me, but she was slightly taller. And I was like, awesome. And I totally got her name wrong. And I'm super good with names. I'm really proud that I'm super good with names. Totally got her name wrong, and she, like, made fun of me for it. And I was like, she's really funny. She can take a joke. The next day, I was like, Allie, I really like that girl, like, last night. And we're we're driving the car. And she's just driving. She was like, yeah. She's not a Christian. I was like, what is she doing here? Like, this is a youth with a mission base. The, the mission is to tell people about Jesus Christ. Like, what are you doing on a Jesus? You basically, you work for Jesus. What are you doing here? Like, what? Like, I was so confused. Like, how did you even get here? So, and she was like, yeah, like the whole base is trying to get her saved, basically. You know, because obviously they're like, hey, you speak English. I speak English. Let's get you saved. But, um... I was like, man, that's really interesting. And I just felt like God being like, duh. Like, I already told you. I was kind of like, oh, he, I don't know. Other people, like, she's connected with other people. Like, just not super taking that seriously right at that moment. And then, so we go walk in, and we're, like, going to, we're about to go to church, um, like, in town. So it's all going to be in Spanish. And Allie's like, I'll translate for you. Like, awesome, but we have to go to their base first. We go to the base. There's, like, literally no one in this entire base because they're all off already at church because we're late or something. I don't know. There's just no one there. And I walk in, and then she's there. And I was like, well, this is obvious. You want to come to church with us? And she was like, "Uh, no, no, I'm not, no. And I was like, oh, dang it. Well, I tried, God. Cool. And then we were leaving. We're getting in the car, and Allie's like, no, you have to ask her. Ask her one more time. I was like, oh, fine. Hey, you want to go to church with us? And she was like, yes. And she, like, runs down to the car and gets in the car, and we were kind of like, what are you doing? And she's like, I literally just thought if they ask me one more time, I'll go to church with them. And we all had that reaction. It was like they had three of us in the car, and we're all like, that's Jesus. And she's like, Whatever hello, oh my gosh, so we go, and 
I didn't hear anything because Allie just translated the whole message to her, but I kind of like picked up stuff and it was super good, like a super good church, super worship. I knew all the songs in the English version, so I was able to like sing in English, it's awesome. Like, and I was like, so cool, it's like a first time in church and it's not even English, like it's Mexico, like just random. Like, like this girl's from Canada. So I find out she's from Canada. She came down with her, to build a house and she liked it so much, she was like, I'm just gonna stay. And they were like, okay, like, be a mission builder. You can stay for free. She's like, cool. So, but just because she's the most like, like as Christians, like big traits about Christianity are like, you're really generous. Like, you're really kind. Like, Denise, like you are so generous. Like how you like are immediately like, I want to give this girl a poem. Like that's, that's amazing. That's Jesus in you. And like, we have like these desires to like help people. She's the most Christian, non-Christian I have ever met. Like, Normally, people that I meet that aren't Christians, I'm like, this is obvious. You hate everybody, and you're rude. But she's like, I don't have Jesus in my life, but I have every Christian quality that, like, like I want to have. Like, I'm like, I want to be more like you, but I, but I don't because I want to keep Jesus. But, it's like, so it's really, like, I mean, this is so weird. And so we just, like, bonded the whole week, and I'm like, wow, God. Like, the whole one thing is really starting to, stick out again. And what that verse says is, what good shepherd isn't going to leave 99 go after the one? Because it's not our Father's will that anyone should perish. And I'm thinking about that, and then I, like, meet these other people, and they're, like, amazing. Oh, my gosh, they were so cool. Like, there's, there's these three, I met these three people in the span of four days, and I was like, yours are, it's like, like, wow, like, there's like, in, like, you meet people that just inspire you. Like, they inspire you on, like, a spiritual level. They inspire you on, like, you've got the coolest tattoos I've ever seen level. Like, you just, they just, like, inspire you to these, like, me gustan tus zapatos. Like, you just love their shoes. Like, I was just like, ah, these three people, I'm like, you're the coolest people ever. So, and then we, like, click, and there's, like, you know, I'd have, like, lunches with them, go do whatever, they go do their jobs. And they, like, had dinners, talking, I'm like, you're so cool. And they tell me about their lives. And I was like, two years ago, you were doing what? What? And I was like, wow, God's amazing. He did that in your life. And then I came home. And I sat down. And I was like, Allie, why are those people allowed to work here? They're terrible people. And I was like, not in like a, I'm and judging and like, oh, you're a terrible person. But like, Two years ago, you were doing what? Like, and now you get to do what? You get to tell other people about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like, I can't say what they were because this is being recorded. Like, but like they did, like they had just had lives that I was like, you are not worthy. You are not worthy. And I'm just like, literally like, God, how, what the, what, why? Why did you choose those people? And these are people that like, before I knew, like, about their lives, like, I just knew them as, like, they're Christians, what they do for Jesus, and they were, like, my A-team Christians, like, I was, like, I want to be like that, I want to, like, I want to move here so I can, like, do ministry with you guys, like, you're, like, A-team, and that's a, like, God told me, he was, like, they've always been my A-team, like, two years ago when they were in sin, I still love them, I haven't changed how much I love them, And then I'm like, 
oh my gosh. Like, God goes after the one. Like, he went after them. And they didn't, like, do anything. Like, he was just like, I want you. You're done with that. Come here. You're going to do this now. You're going to tell people about the, the darkness that you're in and now the marvelous light that you live in. And then I'm just, like, sitting there like, but they're not worthy for this love. And then I hear God say, what made you worthy? I was like, you did. Like, I arguably didn't necessarily, like, sin as much as some people. Like, I'm not a murderer, but (laughs) they aren't either. But... Like, you know, like, there's these things that's like, oh, well, I didn't do that. Like me, like, I've never smoked weed. So I'd be like, well, I never smoked weed, so I'm good. But that's not how God looks at sin. God says the wages of sin are death. You are a sinner. We're born into sin. This is a broken and fallen world. That's why I came down. That's why love came down and set us free, because he died on the cross. John 10 says, I lay my life down, and I'm going to pick it up again. I'm a good shepherd. There's no way to the Father except through me. That's why I did that. Like, it's not because we can earn it. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. Like, these people are amazing. God has gone after them, and they are they are worthy because Jesus has said, you're worthy. I died for you. And I'm like over here in this judgmental place of misunderstanding. Like five years ago when I was 18, like zero to 18, I was not a Christian. Like zero to 18, I was a punk. You could use worse words, but now that I'm a Christian, I don't use words like that anymore. Also why I feel so much better about myself because I don't swear. I was, a te- I, I was a terrible person. Like, I did terrible things. Like, I, one, never went, to, I, like, never was at school. But if I was at school, like, I'd go to school and then, like, not go to school for three months. When I would go to school, I was, like, literally the biggest jerk, another nice word, on, like, our entire, like, whatever, a couple thousand kids that went to high school, like, the worst one, and it's fine when you're in high school and you're rude because it's like the ruder you are, like the cooler you are. So I was like, I don't care about anybody. I like cuss people out, be like, give me that t-shirt. Like, I hate them. Like, I was a punk kid. And it's because I was so broken and so lost, and I was really sick. Like, I would miss months of school because I had just, I was like chronically ill from like sixth grade to 12th grade. Like, I took more pills and I had fingers. Like, I took 11 different pills every day because I was so sick and they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was so mad because of that. Like, that's who I was. And then I came here to Ipuna and sat in the seats that you're sitting in and I heard Kaipo say, wherever Jesus shows up, peace, joy, and love show up with him I was like, I, that's literally all I knew about Jesus. I knew he was a baby, and that's why Christmas happened. But that and that peace, joy, and love showed up where he went. And I was like, I, I'm done. I've had 18 years of all this stuff. 
I want peace, joy, and love, whatever it is. I'm, I'm down. Whatever it is that gets me that, I am down. And I said yes to Jesus, and I immediately was flooded with it. And I'm the first person to say that I have an, a supernatural amount of joy. Like, it takes a lot to get me mad. It takes a lot. Like, I can count on one hand the number of people that I've met in the past five years that I don't like. Like, it takes a lot for me to not like you. And they are still great people. They're just, it's personal. I'm okay, I'm a sinner. But, like, it takes a lot for me to dislike someone. It takes a lot for me to not have compassion for someone. So it was so striking just to me that I was mean, that I was, I met them, I loved them, and then I found out about them. And then some reason I was like, wait, conditional love, I should, I should love you less because you're, you're like, not, what, what? And I was just like, hit with this lie that somehow I picked up that because I have been a Christian for five years because like I got saved and I don't understand people that say oh I got like I and I'm not saying this judgment I don't understand when people say that they met Jesus and they stop loving Jesus and then maybe they love Jesus again, or like they totally love Jesus again, or they just don't love Jesus at all. I personally, like I understand the concept, and I have grace for that, and God has infinite grace for that, and for you, if that's you. But I, I don't. I, I in my, my utmost being can't fathom that situation because like I was lost. And I was found. That Jesus loved 99. He went down for me. And I will so gladly tell anyone about, like, there's literally not a single thing you could ask me about my life that I'll be like, oh, I can't talk about that. I'll talk about any single thing. I'll talk about the worst things I've ever done because it's all covered by the blood of Jesus. And, like, every single thing. So when I got saved, I was like, I want to learn more. Like, I couldn't stop reading my Bible. I would go home. We lived down the street like five minutes when I originally first lived here with my dad. I would go home, and I'd be like, Dad, I just talked for like hours about what I just learned. And he's like 70. He knows stuff about the Bible. He's like, wasn't a Christian, but he like knew stuff. And he just sat there and listened to me while I just talked and talked about the love of God because I couldn't shut up about it. And then I went and I did ministry school. And then I came back here and I've like, I've been dying to come back here and just be with you guys and be at Waipuna. Like I love this church so much. Like there's not a part of me that can fathom the idea because the scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus is the sweetest thing I've ever tasted. And there's, no, there's, there's nothing else. Like there's, there's just nothing else. So somewhere along the lines, because I've spent the past five years with Jesus, there's something that I picked up that God totally broke in Mexico of you're still a sinner. Don't ever forget that part because that's why the words saved by grace matter. If you're not a sinner, you're just saved by grace. That's an empty word. There's no point. It's an it's a empty cross. But it's not an empty cross because Jesus isn't on it anymore. It's an empty cross because he never came down because you were perfect. You don't need a savior if you're perfect. And I was like, just, I was 
just like, oh my gosh, and just had to like repent so much for just these thoughts. Like we went and did a homeless outreach and these are like intense, hardcore dudes. There's like a room full of a hundred guys and there's, uh, they're like, they're like homeless. They did drugs. They're here because they are seeking God. So they like, it's a church service. And this little tiny 19 year old ginger white girl speaking English gets up in front of them And then there's another white girl next to her translating it into Spanish for them. And immediately I was just like, this is a joke. There's a hundred dudes. None of them, like they're all, there's nobody is less than 50 in this room. She's so not qualified to tell them. Like she can talk about Jesus to like another 19-year-old ginger girl. Like she's getting along with Keone great. But like this room full of 50 Mexican men who are like, like a hundred Mexican men who are like old and bitter and all this stuff. And I'm like just sitting back there like all judging in my head being like, I guess God, you can use whoever you want to use. And he's like, shut up, Mariah, use you. (laughs) I was like, okay. And she then preached fire. And every single one of those men in that room were glued to every word she said. They had to even, because she said it, it was amazing, then she had to translate it, and it was amazing, and espanol, and they were just glued. And every time she would take like a break, like, <sighs> they'd be like, yeah, keep going. I'm like, oh my gosh. And she, it's because she just preached the word. She said, you are sons of God. You have a hope and a future. That was her message to them. And God was like, Mariah, my word never returns void. It doesn't matter who says it. Look at biblically who I chose. I chose murderers. I chose adulterers. I chose lazy people. I chose rich people. I chose poor people. Like, look at the people that God uses in the Bible, and it will blow your mind. Because if you look at the people that are supposedly used by God, like, in America, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, you're like a fourth-generation pastor. Of course God chooses you. He's like, no. I choose broken people. Like, you guys totally stole everything earlier, like, when you said, like, all those testimonies, like, talking about brokenness, talking about how God uses broken people. That's what his favorite people to use. Because the scripture that says, in your weakness, I am glorified. That is the point of our lives, to bring glory to God and his will. Like a lot of times, like the biggest thing I ever people saying once they get saved is, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? Um, read the book that he gave you, and it's laid out. John 18.10, for it is not the will of my father that any one of these should perish. So this girl, she's from Canada. She's sent to Mexico. I live in Hawaii. I am sent to Mexico. We are both blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white girls. We stand out in this country. We stand out on this base. We stand out in a room together. And at the end of the week, after talking with her, like explaining things that I like, just she asked me, we did an Easter outreach. This is a week of Easter. We go, we're there to like tell these little kids about Easter and help these little kids. And she comes over and she's like, what is Easter? I was like, what? You know what Easter is? So I was like, laid everything out. It was insane. And it was also the first time that I told someone about how Jesus died. Like he died a terrible, bloody, disgusting crucifixion death. And she was like, 
oh, like, can you stop talking? Like, this is gross. Like, she got the depth of it because she hadn't heard it 50 million times like how we do when we go to church. And so the end of this week, I, like, find her. I wrote her, I wrote her, I wrote her a card. I wrote her some scriptures. I sat down with her, and I was like, God sent me to Mexico this specific week for you. She looked at me. She was so serious, and she said, I know. Like, Jesus sent you here for me. I don't know if you've ever been sent thousands of miles for one specific person. But that blew my mind. That God, Jesus, not only did he come down from heaven and die for all of us in this room, and he's so big, he can take on the sin of every single person, that he can take on my sin, that he can come and save me. He brought me from Olympia, Washington, and he was like, nope, it's not working there. 18 years, we're done with that. I'm going to send you 3,000 miles, and it's going to take about 18 seconds, and you're going to get saved and have your life changed. Like, he brought me, like, 3,000 miles here, and then he brought me 4,000 miles over there, and then he brought her, like, here, and the scripture is true because his word never returns void because... Who's not going to leave the 99? Like, you guys are awesome. Like, what, you said talk to you? Jocelyn, sorry, you have your hair in buns, and she always has her hair in buns. Jocelyn, like, how you're like, I know all this stuff. If I go to another camp, yes, you will, like, completely be built up, and it will totally be amazing if you came to camp. But if it's the same exact week that you can go and tell other people, why not go and tell those other people? Like, why, why not when you can speak the same language as every single person in your school, why not just go there? It's so easy. You don't have to go 4,000 miles. Like, that's where I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even have to go four steps. There are people that live in my house that I can tell because they speak the same language as me. Like, there is nothing holding us back. And that is what Jesus is saying to all of you tonight. He's saying to me tonight, go after the one. Pray about it. I promise you, there is someone, one person, specifically, currently, God-ordained in your life right now. And I pray that he brings their name right now to your mind, to your heart. Because there's one person in your life, maybe it's someone that you love, like it's your best friend, and you want them to know the love that you have. Maybe it's someone you know is cutting themselves, and you want them to know the freedom that you have. Maybe it's someone like me, like there's that five, that handful of five people, like one of them that really needs to know about the joy that you have. There's a person in your life, I promise, and they're not just there to annoy you or to help you. They're there because you know Jesus, and the only thing in your life, like this mountain that we're standing on, will crumble and fall into the ocean. The Bible says that. That's my verse for the year. My verse of 2016 is all this stuff is going to fade away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The next time somebody asks you, oh, I'm not feeling good, whatever, don't just say, oh, you'll be fine. Speak the word of God because you telling them like, oh, you're so awesome. You're so good at this stuff. That is all going to fade away. But if you say, hey, God says that he will give you peace that transcends understanding. That sentence that sentence will live on forever, for eternity. So, right, like, tonight, like, I think what I want to do is I want to end in, like, we're just going to pray. I'll pray for everybody. And 
write down the name, like in your phone, in your notebook, write down the name of one person that God has put on your heart tonight. And if you can't think about one person, just write down one person and start praying for that person. And then start talking to that person. Go after the one. It's, and sometimes it's so much easier than you think. Like if you walk through your classroom and you're like, there's one person by themselves. Like you walk into a room and it's just you and one person. Like it's so much easier than you think. So pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you came down on the cross. I thank you so much for every person in this room. I thank you that your grace is unearned, unmerited favor. God, I pray right now that you would give us all a name of one person that you've specifically placed in our life to go after. God, I pray that you would give us boldness to talk to them because we know you're more real than anything else. We know that you are more real than the air that we're breathing. And God, we thank you that because you have given us life, we are able to breathe this air. God, I thank you for the breaths that we take. I thank you for our eyesight, for our houses, for our homes, for our families. And God, I pray whatever it is, whoever it is that you're speaking to every single one of us, that we would pay attention to you more in our lives, to you more in their lives, and that we would know that the Holy Spirit is at work with the people around us. We are not alone. We are not forgotten. That Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God, you are always with us. And God, I thank you. What, what Tati prayed earlier, that we would worship for one. We would worship just you, God. That our lives, we lay them down, we lay down our rights, we, we lay down our annoyances, and we lift up the name of Jesus. And I just pray this in the precious, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.